Psalm 28 is a prayer offered in the face of fear. A prayer in the face of fear. As David's penning this psalm, he's filled with fear. Fear of judgment. Fear of death. Fear of God not answering his prayer. Fear of being overthrown by the wicked. However, amid his fear, he cries out to God in prayer. And while he laments his state, he knows, perhaps from previous experience, that one of the best responses to fear is prayer. Now, prayer is not a magic wand that removes all our fears. But it does help to redirect our thoughts to the one who can minister to us and help us to grapple with those fears. And so as we look at Psalm 28, just nine verses, we're going to see David's plea in verses 1 and 2, David's plaint in verses 3 to 5, and David's praise in verses 6 to 9. Beginning in verse 1 and 2, To you, O Lord, I call my rock. Do not be deaf to me. For if you are silent to me, I will become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hand towards your holy sanctuary. God is David's rock. He is his security. He is his refuge. He is his fortress in the battle. And when doubts begin to come against him, he acknowledges that the Lord is his sure defense. Now David's request here, as he prays, is simple. God, speak once again, and I will know that you are the living and true God. Obviously, there has been a period of silence from heaven. David has not heard from God. And now he's crying out for the God to speak. If God remains silent, David prays, as he pleads with God to hear him. If God remains silent, David says he will become like one of those who go down to the pit. That is, he's going to become just like the heathen. Now, that's not to say he's going to become a heathen, but he's going to be like the heathen. See, the heathen never hear a word from God and are destined to death. And David's concern is, if God doesn't speak to him now, he's never going to hear God again, and he's going to step into eternity. As Psalm 115 verse 17 says, The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. And so when David is crying out to him as he prays, he's expecting that God will speak. He's pleading with God to speak to him. And notice here that he expands his cry with this emotional intensity. Do not be deaf to me. Now, he's crying out with his voice. He's praying aloud. And he's asking, hear my voice. So this isn't just silent praying. This isn't some unspoken prayer. David is crying out. He's pleading with God as, uh, in as audible and vocal a voice as I have here in this moment. Hear my supplications. He repeats the thought that he's crying out to the Lord. And he's adding posture now to his worship. When I lift up my hands towards your holy sanctuary. This isn't just audible language. Now he invokes body language into his prayer. His uplifted hands are a universal sign of surrender. 
His uplifted hands are evidence of his readiness to receive from God. And also notice that he lifts up his hands, what? Towards his holy sanctuary. He faces the place where God dwells. Boy, this is a unique prayer, isn't it? How often when we pray, our prayers are silent. And again, not that there's anything wrong with silently praying. Sometimes it's appropriate based in the, on the situation or circumstance. But so often we, we pray in silence, or so often we'll just mutter prayers. So often we're just, a, you know, just sitting there with no movement. But there are times, my friends, when it is appropriate to pray aloud, when it is appropriate to cry out, when it is appropriate to plead and beg with God. And if the, such emotion is to be heard in one's voice, such emotion should be seen by God in your body language. Lift up your hands. You know, if you're on your knees and you're looking up at someone who you need help from, you're lifting your hands up to them and you're pleading with them and you're begging with them. And yet when we approach our God, it's so often the case of ho-hum. So what? And we just rattle off our prayer with no sense of emotion. David's voice, David's hands, David's body are all engaged in prayer. He's throwing his whole self into his prayer. How often do we throw ourselves into prayer? All too often, it's just vain repetition. What does your posture in prayer look like? What kind of energy are you exerting in prayer? Let's look to verses 3 to 5 and see David's plaint. Do not drag me away with the wicked and with those who work iniquity, who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Requit them according to their works and according to their evil of their practices. Requit, requit them according to the deeds of their hands. Repay them their recompense. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord nor the deeds of his hands, he will tear them down and not build them up. Now with verse 3, David lays out his supplication. He fears that he's going to be taken away by the wicked, by the workers of iniquity. These hypocrites who have dealt treacherously with him, who speak peace, but there's evil in their hearts. Oh, they're your friend to your face, and just as they're embracing you, they're sticking the knife into your back. Like fishermen, they've got attractive lures hiding their hooks. And David says, I know they're going to be destroyed. I don't want it to go down with them. I want to live before God, not die with the wicked. And we get a sense of righteous indignation in verse 4. Requit them according to their work. Requit them according to the deeds of their hand. Repay them for the wickedness of their endeavors. David makes no qualm about it. Three times he says, they deserve God's wrath. And the ground for this judgment includes their evil actions and their disregard for the work of the Lord. In verse 5. 
And there's a real parallel here because it talks about the works of their hand in verse 4 and their denial of the work of God's hands in verse 5. And the, the, the outcome is clear. God, tear them down, don't build them up. He, David sees his enemies like a fortress. They've disdained God's work. They've disdained God's deeds. And, he's, and David prays that their kingdom will be bulldozed to the ground. Here is David for days, weeks, perhaps even months with nothing but silence from heaven, yearning for God to speak. And he's very clear about how he wants to hear God speak. He wants to hear God speak in judgment. He wants to see God judge evil. He's ex his, his expressed fear is, though, that God's either going to remain silent and he'll be carried off by the, by the enemy or in his silence, his enemies will have the upper hand. Do not be silent to me. He pleads with God. He lays out his plaint to God. And finally, he gives praise to God. Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my shield and strength. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore my heart exalts and with my song I shall thank him. The Lord is their strength. He is their saving defense to his anointed. Save your people. Bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd also. Carry them forever. Notice how abruptly, in the midst of his prayer, his mood changes. Blessed, strength, shield, trust, help, exalt, song, thank. David's praising God. His prayers have gotten through. God is no longer silent. God has spoken. And David's immediate reply is to praise God. Folks, man, when, 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 when we hear from heaven, when God speaks, He deserves an immediate reaction from us of praise. And David experiences the security of the Lord. He's given power and protection. The Lord is my strength and my shield, verse 7. As a result of his trust, David is helped. And he's receiving joy. I find it interesting that resolution for David also brings resolution for Israel. You know, David just doesn't stop with his praise. Now he goes on to pray for others. He's praying for Israel, praying for the nation. He touched David. He's asking, David's now saying, touch the nation. You know, it's interesting because as God changed David, he would change the nation. And how much that is true today that if God would change the heart of leaders, the hearts of the people would change. And how much more so that should be in, the, in our churches. That God would change the hearts of the leaders of the church. And as he changes the leaders, he would change the people. And so the Lord gives strength to Israel as he gives strength to her king. Folks, as we pray to God, and as we hear from God, and as we praise God, let's not forget to go on and pray for others. How important it is that when our prayers are heard, that we would not only praise God, 
but that we in turn would pray for others and their needs. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, we thank you for this psalm, Lord, and the lessons it has for us. Father, there are times when it often seems as if you are silent. Theologically, we know you're not. We know you're there. But Father, from a human perspective, there are moments when it it feels as if you are not there. Lord, I thank you for those times when you do answer. Whether it's in a still small voice, speaking from your spirit within us, whether it's through the pages of your word, whether it's in the circumstances of life around us, whatever it may be, Father, but we want to give you the praise. We want to rejoice. We want to give thanks. To be reminded that you are not silent. That you are our strength and our shield. Your protector, you give us power. And now, Father, for those who are still waiting, for those, Lord, who are still feeling as if heaven is silent, we lift up their needs to you. We supplicate on their behalf and pray that God, you might, from heaven, answer in a resounding, remarkable way that we may rejoice together with them. We pray in Jesus' matchless name. Amen.